and gentlemen it's seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's the other guy on the other podcast john hoke here sitting across the dining room table from stacy we don't actually do this from an expensive studio uh, we uh we do bring in at great expense all the way from Valdosta, Georgia. How are you doing, Diana? I'm great. I'm absolutely great. And I'm so happy to hear that you are definitely recovered from the COVID. Oh, I've been recovered from that since uh, before I got it, actually. It was, uh, yeah. it, it was one of those asymmetric, uh, asymptomatic cases. <laughs> It was asymmetric too, as well, because mm-hmm. I, I, I I I came down with COVID right after I got over the flu. Yeah. So yeah. What do you want? I don't uh, know. <laughs> I'll take natural immunity now, on top of being Yay. boosted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Uh, oh well, we there's some news down in Valdosta, Georgia. Well, we had this week a. Uh, Valdosta police uh, canine officer. Um, uh, they they conducted a stop on a vehicle, and the uh, driver fled on foot from the vehicle. Bad the idea. Can- yeah, the canine tracked him down and found uh, the suspect in a shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, during their investigation of the incident. Officers mm-hmm. found over 443 grams of marijuana, over uh-huh. 11 grams of cocaine, and items uh-huh. that are indicative of narcotic sales. Uh, <laughs> officers, <laughs> yeah. officers, you, mean the, also, you also, mean the scales and the baggies. Yeah. Officers mm-hmm. also seized over four thousand dollars in u.s currency which was in denominations consistent with narcotics transactions stacy what would you know about narcotics in, yeah. in georgia well <laughs> i i'm telling you what man uh you know never mind uh, yeah, right 443 grams if there's that's 20, just short of a pound yeah is it yeah mm-hmm. so so he got caught with a pound of weed plus 11 Actually, grams 15, of that's cocaine. just about 15 15 ounces but yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it, uh, it, it's the, the, but that isn't what we uh, have here on the script. The script oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just but, giving but you. But I some really love it. By the way, by the way, I've actually uh, met that particular canine officer, oh, and okay. um, they are all. By the way, what there is one uh, dog here that is just absolutely so cool. You would not believe him. They actually take him around and let the kids pet him because he's so, so mellow. 
but yeah. he is absolutely the best dog on this sort of thing. He is just so he's just a really great dog. Yeah. The others well, are well, all great. Don't get me wrong, but this one's really great. Well, yeah. So there's, I have some excellent canine stories that my, um, from Memphis that my cousin, <laughs> uh, who did his, um, emergency room rotation during his residency and internships uh, 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 has to tell about this particular Memphis police dog and the wounds he inflicted. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, if the canine is after you, the, you're just not going to get away. Give up. Yeah, just give, give up. up. But just just a, put your hands up, sit down, and be quiet. I have a lot of crime news speaking, on my blog this week. But, 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 but uh, we speaking, noticed. But, but speaking of Memphis, that's in Tennessee, and the mm -hmm. more important city in Tennessee has a football team. Stacy, that's your cue to rant for five okay, minutes. Okay, well, right now um, uh, in Nashville, uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals are tied 16-all in the fourth quarter. Uh, with about uh, a little more than 10 minutes to go in the uh, AFC playoff game uh, there, mm -hmm. uh, the divisional playoff. And so, uh, uh, but uh, speaking of uh, the NFL, and I know, <laughs> and, and I hate to do it, but uh, yeah, I did, I finally did my post-mortem on the uh, uh, New England Patriots season, um, uh, we had gotten all hyped up uh, for mm -hmm. their wild card playoff game. What do you mean, we? <laughs> I'm sorry that you're not patriotic, John. I'm a patriot, okay? Anyways, <laughs> as I've explained before on the blog... Uh, when the Patriots drafted Mac Jones from Alabama, they thereby roll tide is what right, happened. Right. They so so they recruited me as a fan, and but the but the, the they got annihilated, humiliated, uh, embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills in their wild card playoff game. And I'm moving forward, and. Uh, <laughs> But I'm thinking about next season, and I've got a post up called uh, Patriots Postmortem, what Mac Jones needs to do during the offseason. And I basically said that to refute the claim of critics that he has a weak arm, he needs to get in the weight room to develop the strongest arm in NFL history. He ought to make it a point. He should be hitting the weight room like Arnold Schwarzenegger preparing for the Mr. Olympia contest. And of course, I, I am ready. Yeah. And if he is, yeah, I am ready. Anyways, <laughs> but if you, if you click the link there, it'll take you to the uh, documentary pumping iron. Mm -hmm. And then I also said he ought to be working out like Rocky Balboa training for his big match with Apollo Creed. Click that link. It will take you to the Amazon link to the original Rocky. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying know, the, to get some Amazon the, action the, going the, on. The, these NFL guys are not small. Uh -uh. No. no. I mean, they, no. They, they, they are much too big. Uh, you have to keep them. You can't throw them back. But <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, they, are, they are like nothing compared to Schwarzenegger. Uh, I actually wound up in the same room with him. Well, once while we were in California, 
He is uh, immense. He is immense. Uh, uh, his his calf is bigger around than my waist. <laughs> pay, pay, uh, well, uh, Pepperdine University is in Malibu, mm -hmm. uh, right yeah, right where of. Malibu Canyon no right where Malibu Canyon Road comes down to PCH, and mm -hmm. uh, the, they have they have a, a theater on campus, uh, part of their theater department that does a lot of uh, guest artist stuff, and John Rate was. Uh, playing the lead in Man of La Mancha. Connie and I decided to go see it. And there was a deal with the uh, restaurant just uh, up the coast from there uh, called the Sandcastle. An excellent oh. restaurant. Uh, yes, that, it is. Yeah, two, for, two for the price of one uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got uh, theater tickets. Oh. Well, you've seen this restaurant before because the trailer parked in the park is, uh, is the Rockford files trailer. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so this, this is a place where you go in and they're like entertainment industry people there all the time. Well, the next table to us is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the guy is immense, but the mm -hmm. next table after that was his bodyguard. <laughs> and his bodyguard is six foot eight, <laughs> or that that bodyguard was six foot eight. Schwarzenegger is six foot three, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and he was as much bigger than Schwarzenegger than Schwarzenegger is than me. You know, my <laughs> next door neighbor, Danny Holland. Growing up when I was a kid, Danny Holland was a next door neighbor, and when he was about fifteen, he he started getting into weight training and what what it was is that he ordered um off of like like watching tbs late at night <laughs> ordered this thing called the bull worker which is this <laughs> spring loaded um yeah uh, it's a resistance it's a resistance right, worker right right and uh and, and it you know, had a whole series you could do all the exercise. Well, he got started with that, and then he got into weights, and he eventually uh, got, became such a uh, into this thing that he he competed in teenage Mister Georgia contests. And he, he to this day he's you know like you were talking about uh, Schwarzenegger being immense. Uh, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I know is that is that if you do if you can do it for six weeks, okay, six weeks of training, okay, you start to see results. Thirteen weeks is you know a real program. There's twenty six weeks between now and the start of a uh, of a training camp for NFL teams. And and I was just saying that if if Mac Jones wants to silence his critic, he's going to be working out like a fiend. I mean, I mean, just serious, serious hit those weights and come back uh, unrecognizable by his teammates. But you know, he he has a chance to do the work and actually silence those critics. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, if you look at the past year. Oh no! And particularly the past week. Oh my god! Ah! There have been some some. But, uh, wait, you're talking about someone? Did you say week? Yeah, the past week. The president did not have a good week, did he? No, oh, no. It's 52 weeks of bad weeks, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, he started the thing off. Monday was a day off for me because I work for a federal contractor, uh, uh, and uh, the. Uh, that was Martin Luther King Day, and that mm -hmm. day 
uh, all over Twitter and other places were video clips of Biden uh, speaking when he was campaigning for president saying, even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact <sighs> of George, George Floyd's death did. <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, I do too. For example, um, we really haven't had a lot of legislation as a result of Floyd's death, but we did get the Gun Control Act of 1968 uh, out of uh, King's death, uh, along with uh, uh, the Kennedy assassination or the Bobby mm. Kennedy assassination. So, you know, just just in the immediate aftermath, they uh -huh. now that's not to say that both of them didn't cause a bunch of trouble. But I can mm. tell you right now, uh, having worked in news in 1968, that there was a whole lot more destruction uh, in the uh, aftermath of uh, those riots. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, Biden is is a bit. Um, well, I I don't believe much of what he said. Well, I mean, you had a post about uh, how he botched mm. uh, uh, being president after the Texas synagogue. Uh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a, um, um, uh, as you know, this week, if you if you were watching the news, a guy named Malik Faisal Akram. Mm -hmm. um, Clearly an Irish dude, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, yes, yeah, he, sure he was enough. he was a sure British, a, a British uh, national uh, flew to the United States, ended up in Texas and uh, uh, took four people hostage at a synagogue. On Sunday, Joe Biden acknowledged the Texas synagogue hostage situation, <clears throat> dubbing the incident an act of terror, but refused to speculate on Akram's motives when asked about it by reporters. Uh-huh. <clears throat> of course, more has come out since then, and we'll get to that later, but can you <sighs> imagine... Uh, I mean, it, it's one thing to say, uh, you know, something like um, uh, that there's an investigation going on and I don't want to comment until after I get my report. That's, <laughs> that's one thing. But I mean, he just flat out said there's no way to tell. Bull. Yeah, a guy just named bull. Faisal Akram takes hostages at a, at a synagogue. But yeah. yeah. And, live, and live streams that he wants to kill Jews. Yeah, yeah, but but remember that this is the same Joe Biden who did not hesitate to say that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. Well, we'll get and to a that. member of a militia and well, all this other crap. And and we'll, and we'll get to that uh, uh, in a bit. Meanwhile, though, um, apparently uh, he had a news conference, and in that news conference. Um, uh, well, let me just put it to you like this. Uh, I post, uh, posted about, excuse me for a second, I'm going to hit the cough switch. <clears throat> uh, I'm seeing reports, uh, uh, you know, uh, that I, I posted on the blog about the, about the Ukrainian government being mm. unhappy with Biden's remarks about minor incursions and the like during his Duh. press conference. Uh, but, but, you know, you think about it, think about it from his point of view. Hunter isn't on the board of Burisma anymore, so the Bidens probably don't have any real assets worth protecting in Ukraine. Um, 
And it's been suggested by some folks that it could be useful to have certain records of an investigation disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easy in the chaos of a war zone. It certainly. On the other hand, what would happen if the records were in the if it wound up in the hands of the FSB? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, here's the thing. It it would really, really depend on the... Okay, face one thing. Biden is so senile that trying to put pressure on him isn't going to work because he won't remember it from minute to minute, never mind hour to hour and day to day. But there are other people involved as well. That's not the important part. The important part is that it can be dribbled out at the most disastrous possible moments to under further undermine this idiot administration. I should I it's, should po- it's I should gonna point hurt. Out, I should point out to some people who might not uh, be following the things that happen in Eastern Europe that the mm. FSB uh, is the um, uh, is. The KGB and the GRU uh, combined, well, GRU being being the, the former border people. Uh, well, yes, uh, uh, the GPU, which is military intelligence, is still mm-hmm. intact. But yes, yes. F- FSB uh, is basically the, uh, instead of the uh, KGB, it's mm-hmm. the FSB. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know... That's the and who do you think is going to go through uh, those sorts of records if they get if uh, to get their hands on? I mean, but Biden's press conference was an utter disaster. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, the New York Post, I mean, just I mean, that's the headline they had on on their coverage uh, of their editorial about it. Uh, Biden's press conference was an utter disaster, uh, and it was interesting. Uh, you know, even the way he handled the questions, and it was pretty scripted who he was calling on. Even it was just, it was just, it was bizarre. I mean, and, well, and I'm mm-hmm. used. I'm, 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 I, I've, I've dealt with senile members in my family before, and I know mm-hmm. how that sort of things. And it was, it was something beyond that. There was a uh, two minutes. Did you see the great big pits, black pits? His eyes were. They had that poor man so hopped up on drugs. I am not. Su- I am surprised he did not actually stroke out right there. I. It, this is terrifying. Um. And and it. Oh, it was. It was terrible. He was definitely up past his bedtime. Oh, you could say well, that. Well, you know, there was a, somebody uh, posted to Twitter about a two-minute clip mm. of of him hemming and hawing. And never really saying anything. I, I've seen a transcript. I believe it was uh, uh, Stacy Lennox had it over at uh, um, Red State, uh, I think. Uh, no, no, at uh, PJ Media. Ah, and okay, and sorry. and it's in this long extended quote. In your, and he's trying to get across the point uh, that the voters, what the voters care about, and. And at one point he says, "Who am I kidding here?" You know, and it, it was just terrible. And and it was, you know, he never actually completed a sentence during the entire mm-hmm. thing. Mm. And 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 the guy's just, you know, he doesn't, you know, and yet at the same time, his cheerleaders in the media, and you know who I'm talking about. We're saying, oh, well, this is great that he was able to get up there for a whole hour and, and talk. And then 
It wasn't even the next day. Later that evening, uh, Peppermint's uh, <laughs> was out having to uh, try to, uh, well, what he really said Clean was, up in aisle four, yeah. Eight, yeah. aisle 46, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And, and this uh, Ukraine thing, you know, it's oh. just like, you know, you've got to imagine Putin watching that and thinking, yeah, we're invading. You know, mm-hmm. this guy can't do anything. Well, meanwhile, um, <sighs> the Brits have sent uh, uh, 12 plane loads of anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles. They have and, indeed. And uh, uh, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are... Uh, saying, well, we've got some spare anti-tank stuff here. Uh. Here? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Baltic states know that if Ukraine goes, they're next. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Of course, it's, 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 it's a little too late uh, for the current exercise, but Finland, mm-hmm. is, Finland ha- has st- is, is in the process of stocking up on F, uh, uh, F-35s, and so is mm-hmm. Poland. And they're mm-hmm. talking about integrating their air forces. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, well. Do remember that you've got uh, for Lithuania and Poland, you've got this little uh, artillery and tank park called Karelia, uh, nestled in there between in in the border region between the two of them. That is an offshoot of Russia. You're talking about the province pr- formerly known as Prussia. Yeah. No, actually, I'm not. I'm talking about this. Uh, never mind. Um, yeah. I pay attention to the map of Eastern Europe way more than any sane person should. Yeah, well, go. Well, you know, Königsberg. Uh, never mind. Um, anyway, <laughs> the, the, um, uh, the the but the other uh, thing we have going on uh, here is you know um, you have the Danes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cooperating uh, now with Ukraine, you have mm-hmm. uh, so it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, and well, uh, you know, the, we're the, re- we're removing our embassies, uh, non our not our the families of our embassy personnel. Um, the uh, Brits are claiming that they have discovered an actual plot to replace the Ukrainian government with a pro-Russian one. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's going to co- go snowballing through the day, through the oh. night, through the weekend. Oh, it's today, going to be, tonight, the weekend. It's, go- it's going to be interesting. But meanwhile, there was some good news that was bad news for uh, the president. Uh, the Democrats sort of kind of didn't reform the filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's been reform? <laughs> yes, and well, I, I I picked that uh, way of f- phrasing it because one of the things I've been enjoying is going to uh, sites like Vox <laughs> and, and reading their uh, coverage. Democrats' failure on filibuster uh, reform will haunt them. A failed vote on the rules changes guarantees little progress on voting rights and many other policies. You know, Do you know I'd never before actually read anything from Vox, <laughs> and I was really horrified as I was reading your your link. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 no, well, no, okay, I, I, I'm more amused by them because uh, I I deal with people who like who write for Vox, 
uh, <sighs> on a fairly r regular basis. But uh, what in particular uh, was frightening to you? Well, okay, they keep calling it a filibuster reform. Now, um, you can call it a change to the, uh, the idea of a reform. A reformation is to uh, reform a thing into a, to a, usually with the implication that it is making it more pure, stronger, and better. How on earth is gutting the filibuster improving it? That is not a reform. Well, this it depends. Is, it depends on who our is included in our democracy. Well, here's the thing: um, power shifts, time passes, things change. Every time you set a precedent, you have to be aware it can be turned into a dagger turned on you. And the Democrats have been acting in the last year as if that is not possible. Now, Vox is writing said to me that these are people who are just as um if you read vox and you uh don't if your your internal sensors aren't going uh excuse me you can't say that or you can't keep repeating that and you're not reacting to this with hey wait a minute back up where's the where this is not balanced if you're believing this, you are getting so far into a bubble that you are no longer operating in the real world. No, you're operating in the narrative. Yeah, no. and the narrative is not reality. You have got to come, you got to close off the narrative at a certain point. Well, part of, part of what's going on here, um, you know, is that this whole sudden shift into mm -hmm. that? What what brought up the filibuster? Right, was mm -hmm. was that after the failure of Build Back Better because they just didn't have the votes to move it forward in the Senate, and so and so then uh, for several weeks, really uh, late December and early January. Everyone was focused on COVID and the failure mm -hmm. of the administration to to make any progress against <laughs> uh, the virus is the best way to put it. Well, anyways, so they were watching their poll numbers just sink. If you go from the middle of December, okay, until the last week, uh, uh, it was the bottom fell out. Poll after poll mm -hmm. came out uh, showing. Uh, showing this, and um, oh, well, some of them had him down around 31, uh, 32 well, percent. Well, well, he's in the thirties, according to several different polls that yeah. have him have him now in the you know thirty eight point range. But it's mm -hmm. it's bad. Okay. Yeah. It's bad. Well, what they decided to do was that they were going to pivot, as they say, <laughs> to voting rights, and they're gonna we're gonna secure voting rights. Well, well. Everybody who knew anything about what's going on knew that Manchin wasn't on board for that. Neither was Sinema. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, and, and so this voting rights thing, uh, they knew it was going to fail. The people advising them knew it was going to fail, but they had this idea that they could score points somehow. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 so this point scoring thing, the idea of trying to set up some kind of narrative for the fall uh, midterm campaign by painting 
uh, Republicans as, as, you know, Jefferson Davis and all this bullshit, excuse my French, that they were uh, mm-hmm. putting out there. Um, but the, 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 the silliest part of it, though, is threatening Manchin and Sinema, uh, uh-huh. with you know, we're, you're, you know, you're, you're going to get primaried, and it's like, go ahead, make our day. Right, 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 right. They, 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 people, they, they're just so out of touch with the reality uh, of where the situation is. As you were I mean, saying, they were in a bubble. And- can you imagine AOC running uh, uh, in a state like West Virginia? Because that's the kind of person who would be primarying. Yeah, you need to mm-hmm. you need to go to West Virginia and talk to those people before you even <laughs> think about this. And people it, it, and they just don't want to acknowledge the political reality. They're lucky, really, uh-huh. really. They're lucky that they. Well, can let's hope that they pour Democrat. money into it. <laughs> yeah, to, let's to, hope to, they pour money into primarying Joe. <laughs> well, they, he, they got he, he. I don't think he's up till twenty six. So uh, you know, it's not going to be a problem. But the, the thing Man, is, well, but, but but I'm sorry, but the but the thing is, is that this was all about the narrative from the get go, and the fact that uh, they didn't have the votes. They knew they didn't have the votes when they started this mess, and and oh, you know that this is uh, this is uh, some sort of uh, uh, obstacle democracy. They didn't say this. They didn't say this when uh, the Dem- uh, Republicans controlled the House. Okay, you mean but, the Senate. No, no, but I mean the House. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, from from 2010 until uh, 2018, Republicans were in charge of the House, and they had the same problem. A lot of the people that just came to absolutely hate uh, Ryan, Paul Ryan. Well, part of the reason was is that Ryan couldn't really get anything done uh, for the very reason that, uh, you know, the filibuster means that unless you have, you know, 60 votes, you're not going to you can't just ram through a major policy change. And it's Mm -hmm. been more than 50 years since we had. Uh, a filibuster-proof Senate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Reagan yeah. had uh, at, at some points he had uh, a practically well, he, he had practically because you had enough conservative it, Democrats right. back then that on a lot of votes he could he could get a majority. But, but I, it's it's very but, difficult to do any major I were, policy. I, there was there was a time in the uh, late '60s when the Senate was was veto-proof. Mm-hmm. For the Democrats, they had mm-hmm. they had they had more than sixty-seven votes. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, but you know, we can remember you know, those of us who are old enough can, uh, can remember those sorts of things. Meanwhile, people remembered to actually do some journalism mm-hmm. and found out that p- play, organizations like MI Five were interested in uh, the Texas. Uh, a synagogue a perpetrator mm-hmm. and uh so apparently uh some facts actually came out after some reporting happened yes right uh, <laughs> oh my goodness uh i i had a post uh, just yesterday oh now mm-hmm. they tell us texas synagogue terrorist was known Jew hater, and I featured the front page of the Jewish Chronicle newspaper, mm-hmm. 
uh, up there. It's a tabloid. And the headline is, I want to kill Jews, in quotes. And it's a direct quote from the government. And remember, but Joe Biden refused to speculate on the motive. And and it, it turns out that this guy was radicalized um, by... Um, there was uh, some stuff around Gaza last year, and uh, and that was um, uh, and it and and so he 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 was ranting the whole time, and, and um, anyways, and so his motive was known. And and the thing I say about this is that the FBI, you know, you know everyone was like, why didn't our intelligence services? Uh-huh. Right? Why didn't the FBI have have this guy on their radar? And I said, well, they were busy protecting us from the QAnon shaman. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. Anyway, so by the way, uh, uh, my brother just walked through the room, and I know he wanted what he wanted to discuss was the way the Tennessee Titans just lost that game. Okay. Uh, oh my God. Uh, they lost 19 to 16 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And what happened uh, was that um, uh, about with about seven minutes to go um, in the fourth quarter, uh, uh, Tennessee came up on a fourth and one at the Cincinnati 35 and decided to go for it on fourth down. And didn't make it. So they handed the ball over on downs. Uh, Cincinnati couldn't move the ball very well. Uh, So they punted. And and then uh, now uh, Tennessee has the ball, and they can't drive it. And on third down, uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, throws an interception. And so uh, the Bengals take over at the Cincinnati 47 and then manage to get down to the Tennessee 34 where they kick the field goal as time expired to win it 19 to 16. So the Tennessee Titans will have to wait for next year. Yeah, well, you know, Nashville uh-huh. Nashville's not the world's greatest football uh, city. <laughs> well, <sighs> Vanderbilt, yeah. Well, actually, Tennessee uh, Tennessee State uh, has a pretty good football team in in. Those the are league. the orange guys, right? Uh, no, no, that Tennessee. That's, that's the University, the University of Tennessee. Of Tennessee, Tennessee, in Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee State used to be Tennessee. Uh, Agricultural and industrial. It's historically okay. black college. Yes. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, most people know them for their uh, track team, Wilma Rudolph, for example. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. HBCU, uh-huh. as they call them. Yes. Any, now, anyway, um, well, it's, it's money time, John. Yes, it is. So I it's was going to spend money time for a few I, minutes. <laughs> I was going to uh, cue you to uh, ramble on about uh, yellow buttons. Yes. Yes. Okay, folks. <laughs> uh, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute money to the support of the blog and to the support of the podcast and, of course, to make my wife happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife 
likes it when I make money. So if you, you know, your contributions will, will do a, a, a great deal uh, for my marital happiness because keeping Mrs. McCain happy is mm-hmm. job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Yes, at hogwash.com, we have this little sidebar running down the right side. And at the top of it is a tip jar icon. Click on that. Be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash and or this podcast. You can also scroll down a bit and click on the link to the Hogwash store and spend all kinds of money on stuff let's just say trinkets uh with uh, actually some of it's actually pretty useful stuff uh the the, uh travel mugs uh i have got real good use out of and uh, the hoodies and t-shirts are are actually quite nice but meanwhile uh if you uh want to support the blog that way you can uh or you can use the amazon shopping links that you'll find at hogwash or at uh the other McCain, we both participate in the Amazon affiliates program. Uh, we get a little cut uh, of the action when uh, you use those shopping links, and it's a nice thing that Amazon does for the blogosphere. Regardless of how you choose to support us, we please hope that you will remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes, please. Meanwhile... <laughs> Uh, you know, older guys like me uh, are has-beens. And some uh, people <laughs> my age and older are, uh, are has-been even... Uh, are more has-been than, than others. Yes. Uh, and uh, they often come up short, particularly... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yo, I used to call... I used to call... Um, uh, uh, Robert, Robert Wright. Wright. Yes, Robert Wright. I called him the Red Dwarf. <laughs> As an astronomy buff, you, you might enjoy that. Well, British, uh, uh, B- the BBC comedy series. <laughs> yes. Um, in any case, um, he uh, had a tweet up uh, right after the uh, vote on uh, keeping the filibuster where he said that the Democrats should uh, give uh, Senator Cinema the back of their hand, which okay. immediately uh, got headlined. Ex-Labor Secretary Rice says Democrats should assault Cinema over filibuster stance and deleted tweet. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just like, what were you thinking to, 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 to say something like that? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, you had Paul Begala, uh, another has been uh, on CNN, saying, "I think the problem for the Democrats right now is that they is not that they have bad leaders; they have bad <laughs> followers." Well, actually, actually, that may be true. The the kind of person who votes for Democrats in some instances may be the uh, sort of person that you wouldn't necessarily want to support you. But it was it was just so close to uh, quoting uh, uh, a poem. Bertolt Brecht. Yes, a, well, uh, and this people don't realize that Brecht was a communist. Yes, he Brecht, was. Brecht made a point of living in East Berlin, mm-hmm. and he was very disappointed in 
the uh, the government, you know, not being real communism, I guess, or something like that. But uh, the English translation of his a poem he did in the mid fifties goes: Some party hack decreed that the people had lost the government's confidence and could only regain it with redoubled effort. If that is the case, would it not be simpler if the government simply dissolved the people and elected another? <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, what were you, what are you thinking? And, and then Begala uh, came up with uh, a few days later, all the people questioning at POTUS sharpness, if you try taking oh. cues from a room full of sharp journalists and some others uh, for over an hour and a half. This is a strong performance. That was his tweet. A strong that was delusional. Well, to which I replied, can we requisition a fifth Pinocchio for this one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this is you were right. The has-beens are so bad on that. But one more has-been. Uh, and, and I can remember when this woman actually was a reasonably good reporter doing some reasonable uh, journalism. As far as you knew, anyway. Well, no. Uh, uh, and I, I was involved with NPR on a, a contractor sort of basis back in the day. Um, and NPR's Nina Totenberg has just really flipped out mm-hmm. because she got caught basically making up a story uh, mm-hmm. about um, – uh, how uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor was working out of her chambers uh, because uh, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, the other Gorsuch. Gorsuch. Gorsuch isn't wearing a mask, even though the Chief Justice asked him to. And the two of them, the next day, put out a statement saying, "Huh, what? You know, but we're friends, and uh, we don't know what you're talking about." You know, we we disagree on the law sometimes, but we're uh, we're 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 close we're colleagues. Good friends, we're warm friends and uh, colleagues. Yes. Yeah, I loved that. And and, and 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 so then the spin machine spun up, trying to say, well, that's not exactly a denial of the fact that uh, uh, the chief justice asked you to wear a mask. And then uh, the chief justice comes on, and uh, Robert says, "I didn't ask anybody to wear a mask." And they're still trying to spin this. I mean, you know, it, 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 I guess uh, Totenberg thinks that the problem is not her reporting, but bad listeners. <sighs> it's just, it's just a, a, a amazing. But Stacy, you know what the real problem is? Oh, you're a racist. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sure. Yes. By the way, and a white supremacist. Uh, yeah. Let me explain yeah, so this. Uh, uh, he's calling to a Twitter. What happened was to explain to you is that is that um, I was taking a shower yesterday evening, and it, and I, and just you know your random thoughts go through your mind, and I and it, it just crossed my mind. I wonder what Barrett Brown has been up to <laughs> lately. Now, now, folks, if you don't know who Barrett Brown is, count your many blessings. Yeah, at, at at one point, uh, Barrett Brown uh, made himself the uh, public spokesman, uh, insofar as they had one, for the anonymous hacker cartel. It, 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 this was circa 2011, when 
anonymous. It was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. This, anyways, and so I had tangled with uh, Barrett Brown circa 2009 over over <laughs> some silly stuff. But anyways, and so and so so I was familiar with him, and when he jumped up to make himself the media spokesperson for anonymous. I said, this is going to end with him in prison. Yeah. This is not Mm going to end well for you, Barrett. He's a, he's a megalomaniac, but anyways, so no, he's a heroin addict with delusions of competence. uh, Right. And so, I mean, the guy is actually, and I, and I give this to him. He's actually a, a, a good writer. When he's uh, writing, when he's uh, sober, yeah, like when he was in prison, he he, mm-hmm. he did some very good writing when he was in federal prison. Did I mention he went to federal prison? He got into a a, a situation in uh, the fall of 2012, to where he was threatening me, threatening Paterinko, and then he Which gets up dumb. on YouTube and records this rant in three different segments threatening an FBI agent. <laughs> I'm going to destroy you is, is how he said I'm going to destroy this FBI agent. Well that ended up in in a, in a uh, an arrest and a raid and everything else and and uh, long story short in 2014 I believe it was he went to federal prison and I don't know how long he stayed there but they mm-hmm. they finally let him out and and so so i so anyway so he's now in the united kingdom where uh, my theory is the reason he's over there is because he's under contract to to write a memoir but the problem <laughs> they'll never is, get the memoir they well, won't <laughs> no, well the problem is uh, the real problem with this memoir thing is that in order for him to get the advance money, right, he owes restitution mm-hmm. uh, to his victims in the uh, in the the federal cases to where he pleaded guilty. He hasn't paid mm-hmm. any of it, as far as I know, and so <laughs> so his advance payment would be. Uh, what do you call it when they confiscate your paycheck? Um, yeah, garnishing. Garnishing. They they would garnish his income, and so so I my theory is the reason he's in the United Kingdom in London. I'm told uh, is that he's he's trying to um, uh, avoid uh, this situation to where the feds get his money. And so, and so anyways, but, but I was wondering, well, what's going on with them? And I saw that he had been in a sort of online um, squabble with another oh. nefarious person that we're all familiar with, Neil Rauhauser. Neil <laughs> yes, Neil Rauhauser is, is uh, uh, I, boy, this is a story, but he was a, a one-time associate of uh, Brad Kimberlin. He's a, basically a failed Democratic Party operative who then tried to get into uh, uh, working with Kimberlin as his uh, IT guy. And it, uh, and he's actually the, the guy who came up with the idea of the pro se lawfare as a way to conduct uh, harassment of people. Yeah. Well, anyways, but the but the point is, is that is that so. So I did this Twitter thread um, 
in which I explained what's going on with Barrett Brown and Rauhauser. And then he jumps in to say, this is Robert Stacey McCain, a notorious white supremacist, you know? And, yeah, and right. so, so, but speaking of white supremacists. Yes, I'm not making this up, you know, uh, uh, the, the headline for this post at Hogwash. Uh, Gateway Pundit uh, was reporting and uh, followed up on it that a group of, uh, actually it turns out they're Capitol, uh, U.S. Capitol Police uh, officers, uh, a group of eight of them, are. Is, this group is suing Ali Alexander for injuries they sustained during the uh, 6th January riot. Uh, and they're using the, uh, the KKK Act and claiming that racism and white supremacy pervaded the stop the steal efforts that uh, Ali was uh, associated with leading. And um, Ali has, of course, uh, filed a motion to dismiss. And for those of you uh, who don't know Ali, you uh, who he is, you can go over to Hogwash and click on that post, and you'll find a picture of a, a young man that I took almost a decade ago. But you can see he could be the stunt double for Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever uh, had the uh, uh, back in the uh, 2010 through 2012, I spent a lot of time on the campaign trail with Ali, and and whenever we would go into a Cracker Barrel restaurant. <laughs> The old people would be looking at him because he is a, just really a dead ringer he's for Sammy. Dead, he's a Davis dead ringer Jr. for Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, well, when I what? ten years ago, Sammy Davis Jr. in the late fifties, so now he's Sammy Davis Jr. roughly in the mid sixties or so. Yeah, yeah, he could he could actually make money as a Sammy Davis Jr. impersonator just by the look at him. And, and I so, don't know that he can sing or dance. The idea that that he's part of a white supremacist conspiracy, uh, you know, it's just is that. Uh, you got to know the guy is, is, is all I can say. Well, it, I mean, there's just one look and there's cognitive distance right at the. Yeah. Outside. Well, we've been in court. Uh, speaking of lawsuits, we yeah. have, uh, we have been in court uh, when Ali decided to go pro se. Yes. And, and when. Uh, yes. And one. Yes. Anyway, but uh, you know, white supremacy apparently is somewhat less effective in Nevada. Yeah, I, I did a story, uh, an, an item on my blog post, Nevada cops shoot white guy with diploma from elite university. And uh, I let it off in the, it, because this happened to be uh, MLK day. The, the, I let it off with, I have a dream, a dream of a land where someday white suspects will get shot by the cops the same way black suspects get shot by the cops. And, and uh, it, it, it goes to a video uh, that I was seeing where a, uh, uh, a guy by the name of, and I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing out here. Okay, what, where's the guy's name? Eric Legreed, 29 years old, uh, had called his mother uh, and was apparently suicidal. Uh, uh, according to uh, the police, he was has mental health issues and was not taking his medicine. So what happened was is that 
is that when the police got this call, this basically a welfare check call, uh, and, and they went to find the guy, and and when they tried to pull him over, he he ran the vehicle, and uh, I have seen videos where where you know suspects get shot while trying to ram the cops because that can be very dangerous. It was a very dangerous yeah. uh, thing, and he got shot and was very lucky uh, that he was only shot in the leg. Uh, but, but, you know, he could have been dead, but if you want to watch the video, uh, it's, it's posted my site, but I said that the thing is, is that Eric Legreed is not some random white boy. He has a degree in philosophy <laughs> from Northwestern university, uh, which will rock you about $80,000 a year and mm -hmm. was once a debate coach at the prestigious Brentwood School in L.A. So here he is, and according to the cops, the co they, they asked the judge to deny him bail. He said mm -hmm. he's a danger to this community, and he's a danger to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and my point is, is that people don't notice this because it doesn't make national headlines, okay? Mm -hmm. When a white guy gets shot by the cop, it's the same situation, but nobody's looting Walmart. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's a difference between this guy and some of the other folks you've been writing about. Not really. Um, well, he no. also has warrants. Uh, he also had warrants out, and he also has a pending felony case. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, oh, well, that those are those are definite similarities that you find in any uh, any in any of these sort of uh, folks. But he's not mm -hmm. an aspiring rapper. <laughs> yes, <folks. laughs> but he fine. is an artist and a musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so you actually rapper. followed the links. Thank you. For, I uh, did. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, uh, today I had two, not one, but two aspiring rapper updates. Uh, uh, C. Blue, a, a teenage rapper in New York City, was accused of shooting an NYPD officer accidentally. Cameron Williams, known as C. Blue, had signed with Interscope Records recently and used part of his advance money to hire celebrity bondsman Ira Judelson to arrange his bond. And so, so he is, um, uh, faces one, degree of one count each of second-degree assault in firearms possession and three counts of weapon uh, possession. What happened was that he he's only 16 years old, this aspiring yeah. rapper. But he has already got a felony record that prohibits him from uh, possessing weapons. So so the cops wanted to pat him down, right, to mm -hmm. conduct a search. And this um, led to what they called a tussle uh, <laughs> with the cops, uh, during which... Uh, during which he shot himself in the groin and the bullet hit the cop. And, I don't and know it exited his thigh, which actually makes me say, ooh, I wonder if he even, I, I wonder how his testicles are. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, um, um, 
uh, ever be shot in the groin. I, I don't know how that went, but uh, uh, thank God. Badly. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like not something you you would want to do. But anyways, uh, and so and so he's an aspiring rapper, right? Of and, course. And, and so, but yeah, that was one aspiring rapper. Meanwhile, in the other side of the country, on the left coast, yes, uh, the aspiring rapper update lawsuit accuses Seattle chop warlord of pimping mm. hoes. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I loved that one. What I said, uh, I said, hey, uh, I was reading that one, and I said to my husband, hey, hey, the stable has revolted. They fled the barn, yeah. and now are and hired a lawyer. Uh, uh, but, but, but as I said, them hoes ain't going to pimp themselves, you know. It's, it's, but anyways, okay, Solomon Raz Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, has is a rapper and also apparently a drug dealer and pimp. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, but he was um, uh, he became kind of a, a media celebrity uh, back during the summer when they had the what was first called the Chaz, the Capitol Hill. Autonomous yeah. Zone in Seattle. That was the later name. Chop was the first one. Yeah. Uh, Capitol yeah. Hill Occupy, Occupy Protest. Yeah. yeah. No, it was le- It was first the Chaz and then the Chop. I never get it right. Yeah. Okay. The <laughs> Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. So the Chaz, he was Raz from Chaz is what it was. <laughs> but if you remember where they occupied six city blocks of Seattle, mm-hmm chased off the cops and had their own uh, summer of love uh, was what they called it at the time. Uh, but anyways, it ended up with people getting shot dead. I don't remember oh, that. Yeah. but uh, uh, I do. Yeah. But anyways, um, he is now being sued by five women um, uh, who uh, alleging sexual abuse and assault. They say that the 32-year-old, uh, Solomon Simone, sex trafficked and abused them. And, and because the prosecution, uh, they were trying to get this case prosecuted, and because mm-hmm. uh, there was no um, nothing happening in Seattle, they decided to go forward with a lawsuit uh, mm-hmm. claiming that he used coercion, threats, and violence to make them comply. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, but this is the kind of stuff that becomes empowered by white liberalism, you see. is that mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the white liberal wants to think of the black man as being a victim no matter what the circumstances are. And there and there's a kind of racism involved in that. Mm-hmm. The belief that 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 you're what you're saying is that black people uniquely are never responsible for their own uh, life outcome. Well and but see here's the thing. You can look at reality and see that it's not that way. And if you just are going to uh, say, fine, I don't like reality. I'm going to live over here. That's- <laughs> I reject your reality and 
substitute my own. That's, <laughs> but that is, in fact, insanity. And yes. that kind of crazy person, when he becomes the district attorney, is dangerous. And Absolutely. that leads us to our crazy person, uh, uh, crazy people are dangerous thing, uh, uh, which the, the person isn't, uh, that we're talking about isn't really the crazy one. It's the people no. who let him loose. I've again got a and again up. and again and again. Yeah, I've got a post called The Many Mugshots of a Killer, mm -hmm. uh, featuring Sean Laval Smith, who was arrested this week uh, for last week's murder of UCLA student Brianna Kupfer. Uh, she had been working in a furniture store and in what appeared to be a robbery attempt uh, mm -hmm. She was stabbed to death, and they circulated video and finally captured the guy in Pasadena. And uh, as soon as his his identity was made public, uh, it was discovered that he had uh, criminal records not only in California, but also in his native South Carolina. He's from Charleston, South Carolina, as well as Charlotte, North Carolina, and he, uh, but even in Charleston, he had racked up 11 separate arrests, uh, you know, it, it, and they kept turning him loose and turning him loose and turning him loose, and as I, uh, the point that I make is murder mm -hmm. is not usually an entry-level crime. You think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in other words, that by the time uh, someone commits murder, they've probably already committed uh, several other crimes. So the point mm -hmm. is, by putting criminals in prison, okay, is a form of quarantine necessary mm -hmm. to keep the rest of us safe. And, and you know, over and over, we're seeing cases very similar to this, where the they could have had this guy behind bars, but didn't. And it's a failure of the system. And and uh, this craziness is going to get a lot of people killed. If it can be. Yes, it is. But uh, speaking of crazy. Yes. Uh, it would be crazy to outstay our welcome. And so no. uh, the music is coming up in the background. Why don't you do the outro, Stacey? All right, folks. Uh, uh, every Saturday night at 7 o'clock. It is when we do the podcast live, but of course you can download it from Podbeam and listen to it whenever as we discuss the week's event. Uh, but we will be back next Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. Good night, Stacy. Good night, Diana. Good night. And we'll see y'all later. Yes, you will. Thank <laughs> you.